We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And guys, we finally have our team, right? It's hard to talk too much about how do you feel about your squad when it's not quite complete. And with the Christian Wood signing, we have our 2023-24 Lakers. And so I just kind of want to start with where you guys are at with this squad. I've got my thoughts that I'll, I'll save uh, for a moment. But D, how do you feel about this upcoming team? I felt really good even before the Wood signing. There were people in my Twitter <laughs> mentions. About, Coming in hot. <laughs> you know, and, and I did come in hot on Wood and we'll have plenty of more time to talk about Wood. I don't know if I um, expressed the full gambit of all of the things and pieces of analysis that Wood signing deserves. But I felt really good even before the Wood signing. And, and don't get me wrong, like I see the potential benefits of what Wood brings and there's always going to be a question to me about like role for every player who's a role player, right? Like role and fit and minutes distribution and lineup construction. And we still have to do, a, I think, a deep dive on Darwin after season mm -hmm. one and like how he projects to coach this specific roster versus the roster that he had at the beginning of last season versus the roster he had after the trade deadline and then how he managed the playoffs. It's almost like three distinct different coaches mm -hmm. that were there and, and so there's a lot to talk about with darvin but i don't know how you couldn't feel positive about where the lakers are positioned i get that there's questions about health and lebron year 21 and anthony davis can he stay healthy and like those are questions i feel like almost every top team has a, in some way shape or mm -hmm. form about the construction of their team the league is so deep now and so talented that Another challenger is always lurking to come and take your spot. And I don't think the Lakers are immune from that at all. But this was a conference finals team just this past playoffs. And I think they got better. And so how could you not feel excitement about where they are? I agree that they got better. And I think that, as always, it's just all about the context of what the rest of the league did. And other than Phoenix, who made a big, big move, uh, and also I think some nice moves around the margins, I don't know that anybody in the West went out there and markedly changed their team. 
uh, in a way that you're going into the season and say, this is a team that would, is going to be very, very difficult to beat. Uh, I think that you know, Denver is going to have that presumption, uh, but they got a little bit worse and they're going to have to sort of show what it's like to be the team that's being attacked um, as the champion throughout the year and, and the toll that that can take. And I think that they're, we've talked about that before in the past, right? That that can be a challenge, uh, even if you have the current best player in the world and the way that Jokic is playing. So the Lakers kept continuity for the first time in several years. They added talent to that continuity that wasn't, that I don't think is going to be disruptive. Uh, and if it is, it's not necessarily talent that they have to um, to go to. And we can, I can explain that later, but I think it's, uh, that's, that's somewhat obvious just with wood coming in or, or reddish or guys like that, that definitely want to do more. Um, but if they're, if they're not playing the way that you want them to play, um, it, those minutes are going to be required to be given uh, as opposed to a, a marquee free agent signing or a guy that's acquired in a trade that you give up draft picks for, et cetera. So overall, I think the Lakers did a, an excellent job and the team to me, isn't complete in the sense that there is this one main weakness uh, in terms of a backup big, unless guys can step in and exceed what they've done in the past. But they have the they have ways to address it. I think uh, in this season that could be fruitful as well. So overall, Pete, feeling pretty solid about the roster that's heading into training camp, and I think that they they all should walk in with a, a real sense of optimism and opportunity. Absolutely. We have a shot at 18, right? Nothing is guaranteed and you cannot win a championship in over the course of an offseason, but you can lose one, right? You can not you can make decisions that ensure that you don't get all the way there. We're going to need some luck with health. We're going to need to really uh focus and and work on a day-to-day basis to for the team to get to where they want to go. And so that to me is why I think the culture of this team is going to be really important cuz I think the talent is something that all of us agree on. Like although it's funny, I feel like we made way more of a leap in terms of talent at the trade deadline and that if you look at it kind of like part for part, you know, like to me, Dennis and Gabe Vincent, for example, are players about on the same level. They do slightly different things and they can fit in differently depending on the circumstances. But Dennis just led Germany to a win. They're going to the gold medal game, right? Like Dennis is a, a good player that that helped us out. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. was helpful last year, right? And there's a reason he got the same deal. We basically made a Troy Brown Jr. for Torian Prince trade with Minnesota because that's where Troy ended up, right? And so I think that the team has the opportunity to build a certain amount of continuity that was impossible after the trade deadline. And it was really the talent leap that we made at the deadline that we kind of maintained, right? It's like we re-sign Rui. We re-sign Austin, who has emerged because he now has had had an opportunity to get the ball a little bit more and kind of show what he could do. And uh, and so we've added to that, I think, D, that, uh, you know, and got some good vet men guys that I think are good upside talent plays. But... It's hard to play more than 10 players. We've got 12 that have a legitimate uh, argument to be like, hey, I should I should get minutes. And I also think that this is a really offensively talented team. And one of the dangers of that kind of team is that you can win games 130 to 125. And so I think that we can play like semi non-serious defense in a decent number of games and still get some wins that there's like a fool's gold in that, that if you 
go to like that's going to happen even in the best of seasons in a championship season right but i think the culture of this team of like understanding what the end goal is there's also another point at the trade deadline where if any changes need to be made there is another place for that to happen but i think the culture of this squad is is going to be really important d because i think they will be able to win some games on talent alone and that can come back to bite you if you get too used to that they better not go into games thinking that they're going to win on towel and alone. They better not go into games thinking they're just going to outscore the opponent. I'm in 100% agreement with you around the idea of like building a culture and building an identity. I thought that was something that the 2019-20 team did. And I thought mm-hmm. that that put them on the right track to be a championship contender. That team did end up winning the championship. And there were a lot of things that fell into place that helped facilitate that. But throughout the regular season, they showed that they were committed to the right things. That was an awesome team all year long from day one. Yeah. It, and it's just like the the narrative around that 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 team was was interesting because it was always trying to f- find ways to poke holes mm-hmm. in the success that they were having. They haven't beaten anybody, uh, right? Yeah, it's just like, oh, they're they're 22 and five. It's just like, well, who have they beaten? It's just like, oh, well, they their five losses are all against really good teams. It's like, yeah, guess what? Really good teams can beat you. (laughs) Right. That's like the way of the world. We talked a lot about that during the playoffs when we were on the pot and even towards the end of the season after the covid break. But it was like a lot of chop wood, carry water. A lot of like this team has the right mentality and the right focus. And I thought that that was really established through Frank Vogel, who was a new head coach, and Anthony Davis, who came in basically challenging everyone to play defense, who was in lockstep with the head coach. AD came in even challenging LeBron to play defense and LeBron committing to play defense at at that high level. And I know that we've already started to have discussions about um, reasonable expectations around LeBron James and defense. And Mike, I know that you've, um, you've been pretty vocal and I don't want to put words in your mouth about like what we should expect from LeBron in year 21 around him defensively. And I don't want to pivot towards that conversation 100% again, but I'm just saying that, This team needs to focus on the right things and focusing on the right things means being a defensive first team and being a team that relies on that understands that their championship path will be paved on the ability to get stops over the course of a 48 minute game and pretty much get the important stops. And you don't get important stops in this league, Mike, if you don't have the culture of we can rely on our defense to win. It's like pretty straightforward to me. And I do think this team has the players that can do that. Like LeBron, AD, they are traditionally high level two-way players. Like Gabe Vincent comes from that culture, like in Miami. Torian Prince can defend. Austin Reeves is going to compete on that end. We saw what Rui will do. Vando, on down the line, I think that this team should be put instilling it. And I put this back on Darwin, Mike, like, where are you at with that idea about defense? Well, you foreshadowed here by mentioning LeBron and the conversation that I've had there, because while Anthony Davis is now the best player on the team, LeBron is still the best player. Uh, just he's still LeBron. And on many nights, he's still the best player in the league um, on, but not every night in year 21. And he is still, I think LeBron more than AD is still the player that dictates what 
how the rest of the team sort of feels and plays. And that's where I keep bringing up this whole defense thing and a regular season thing and why I still think that that personnel wise is how you cover for that as opposed to mentality. And so that might be where I'm a little different from what you were just describing as the team has to think of itself as a defense first. And because of course you're right, but it's, you can say that all you want. And then LeBron has to get on the court early in the season and feel and like be able to have enough of that overall energy to bring into uh, to bring in sort of push forward to the rest of the team. And that's the part that I, I just think is difficult to do uh, in year 21. And um, I don't know that I, if LeBron's going to be out there there, he can play the way that he plays offensively, even without that sort of that peak energy that he's going to have in the playoffs. And he's got so many tricks and so many skills. I don't know that that's the same defensively. And so how do you, how do you deal with that when that that's just a lot to me? And that's going to be a lot of what I've been going to be watching uh, throughout the season. And I, uh, there's some part of me that's, it's not like skepticism. I just think it's reality in, in this year 21. And how does Darvin Ham, mm-hmm. how, do, how does Anthony Davis, how do the rest of the Lakers deal with that? Absolutely. I, I think we are uh, more in agreement on how, how to get there um, than it may initially seem. Let's take a break, talk a little bit about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So in plain English, defensively, our biggest challenges come when Anthony Davis is not on the court. And there's going to be a stretch where LeBron, historically, there's been AD units and LeBron units when it's not the starters or the closers. It's one or the other is on the floor. And there's a good chance that uh, that LeBron and Christian Wood share a decent number of minutes. And to me, guys, that's where what you said, Mike, about how you solve that with personnel is it's really important that that group has three good defenders at the other spots, right? Both Wood and Hayes have a degree of mobility that it's like, you can work with this. I But I feel like if we're running, if we ask them to be Anthony Davis and this guy that can be in a deep drop D that can both bother the guy that may be taking the floater, but also get back to the potential lob and that sort of like be everywhere type of character, they're going to get burned in that respect. But they have some tools to work with, both in terms of their 
mobility and their their length, right? And so I think between personnel, we've got you named a bunch of them earlier, D, a bunch of guys that are two-way players that like, hey, you're a credible defender, right? That if you could put that personnel out there next to them in the right scheme that that matches kind of what your guys can do, kind of these guys, Mike, that have weaknesses, right? That if you put them in the position to do what they can do, I think you can actually be a credible team even without Anthony Davis on the floor. And let me just inject this this thought to uh, to Darius, along with everything that Pete just said, like if you're starting with Russell and Reeves and LeBron and you're and of course, Anthony Davis is out there and, and he mm-hmm. has done so incredibly much, but we don't know who the fifth starter is going to be. We don't, we don't know for sure. That's what it's going to be. But like we've talked about Vanderbilt versus Rui. I'm sure there will be some, some people that are writing, Oh, Christian Wood should be in that spot. But either way, like Vanderbilt has that, utility as the perimeter defender but still that's three starters again regular season lebron not i'm not saying like that he's not capable on an individual night of completely wrecking a game defensively which he is but that that to me is not it's hard like darius how do you find this defensive identity when even if austin i like defensively but isn't a big plus necessarily um right as you're as a defensive player delo certainly isn't and then regular season lebron so that's where i'm trying to get to uh, with with figuring out how this team's going to defend and not just be like Anthony Davis you please do everything and then also be an awesome player on offense again and just do it all yeah and we're going to continue to talk about LeBron's defense and I'm going to continue to push back around any idea that and I'm not saying either of you are saying this but I'm going to say this if the idea is LeBron you get to rest on defense while everyone else is doing all Mm -hmm. of the other stuff then this Lakers team is not going to win an NBA championship. Can I change the wording? Like get to, I think is 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 if is if it's in his totally in his control. And this is we've already gone very very subtly back and forth on this, but I don't think it's an, an issue of like get to as in he. he I think that it's literally it's just physically year twenty one. Sure. How could he not? How could he not have some rest on defense? No, it's not about how can he have some rest on on defense. So. There's a threshold now where LeBron's ability on defense has gone down. He is no longer, even when he's locked in, the super elite, like this guy used to be like, oh, on one possession, I'm guarding Luol Deng and Joakim Noah. And on the next possession, nope, put me on Derrick Rose. Yeah. Peak MVP Derrick Rose. And like, I'm getting the stop. He was an incredible defender. And he's still a very good one. He's excellent at so many things. I'm saying that his his utility on that end has declined. Mm-hmm. There is a difference, though, between there are certain things I can no longer do and there are certain and there are times where my effort and motor is not revving high. And then there is like what we criticize all of the bad defenders for the James Hardens of the world and oh, man. Just a sidebar. I'm sorry. I've been throwing so many shots at James Harden. It's just <laughs> comical to me. And it, anyways, then there's like the guy who doesn't try. And if we allow LeBron James to be the guy who no longer tries, then the Lakers are not going to be very good. And so there's a commitment for sure. I'm not worried about LeBron. Like LeBron sees what he's got around him in this team. And he's like, he knows how to get to the finish line in ways where like LeBron's mentality or how he, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like how he, I, I, I'm not worried that LeBron's going to like put himself in the place to get us where we need to go. I agree with that. 
that LeBron is basically going to be like, hey, I'm going to like I'm going to try. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if LeBron is trying, then I'm just like then like I think the Lakers going to be really good on defense. And so I agree with the sentiment of like, let's stack the rest of these lineups with as many like plus level defenders as possible. But what I wanted to kick back to you, Pete, in this idea of like where Wood fits in and where Anthony Davis isn't playing and stacking the roster with other or stacking these lineups with other like positive defensive players or, or players who are inclined to compete defensively at as high a level as they possibly can is scheme alignment and what players are good at and what your bigs are good at versus what your guards are good at and how you find the right balance between those. And so like to put it more like more plainly, if Hayes and Wood are maybe switchier bigs or bigs who can play up at the level of the ball a little bit more, and then maybe take on an opportunity to isolate against a perimeter guy, then that means your guards are going to end up having to defend bigger players and switch a little bit more. And how do you see that playing out with, if it's Vincent on the floor, even if he's going to compete defensively, mm -hmm. he's a smaller guard, for example. So I think you can put a pretty switchy bench unit out there, uh, for example, uh, like Vincent guarded Chris Middleton for a decent part of the Bucks series. And he's a guy that if you ask him to hold his ground, that he'll be able to do that decently well right now. Can he hang with Aaron Gordon around the basket? No, he got picked on the same way that Austin and D'Lo got picked on by Aaron Gordon around the basket. But in the sense of, okay, we switched and now I have a forward on me and who wants to post me up, that guy's going to have to hit a jump shot over the top. And if he tries to physically overwhelm him, Vincent's going to draw some charges. He's he's going to bother that in a way that that's why to me, like Vando off of the bench and in that group, whether it's LeBron and Hayes or LeBron and Wood with the non-AD type of lineups, that if you got Vando, Max and Vincent, those are three guys that have a degree of length and physicality relative to their position where it's like, yo, that, that team can score a bit. Um, I also think that like the amount of shooting that we have and even Wood like helps Vando out a lot. I think Vando can be kind of a five offensively where our current talent makes Vando less clunky, especially if he's not playing with LeBron and AD. And then that scheme alignment idea with the, with the starting lineup, let's say hypothetically that it's Rui. One thing, Mike, that Rui did pretty well last season that was that was a bit of a revelation was against those like bigger pick and pop fives. And even the, oh, Rui guarded Jokic, Lakers found something, right? Rui's pretty strong. Now he's lost a little bit of weight, right? We'll see how that plays a factor, but it's hard to go through Rui, right? And so Rui can kind of hold his ground against these bigger guys. That That's part of the thing I don't, I didn't like about last year is that every night AD had to wrestle with Steven Adams. The, I always bring this up, Zubats, just these big dudes that it's like, I don't want AD having to do that every night. And so if Rui can serve that purpose, you free up AD in a, I get your guys' perspective of like, you don't want to over ask AD to do everything, but he is a bit of a wild card where it's like, hey, if we have a, the option to put him at the four and in this weak sp side spot, maybe that means that he's the guy in the the 
one defending two on the weak side position, which he's great at. And he can blow that up in a way where he's not banging with a 270 pound dude. You know what I mean? That And he can still yeah. be great in ways that impact the game that are different. Like we didn't leverage his versatility defensively as much as we could have. But now I think we have more of the personnel to do it. That's a good way to put it, because another narrative about AD that's been annoying me uh, and Darius and I at this point have a long list uh, <laughs> like when you're going back to school shopping and you got to click up. There's like 36 items uh, on there. Like my my AD annoyance list of the way that his game is described is is getting there. And one of them is the new narrative now, once they sign Christian Wood is, um, yeah, it's because AD doesn't want to play the five again. And, you know, it, it, it's like that's not it's just it's not. That's simple, right? Because first of all, he just did the entire season. When he's playing the five, and and I think he's right about this, then he isn't able to do a lot of the things that Mm -hmm. Pete just talks about. So it's not that he doesn't want to because he can't do it. It's because he recognizes that he can basically, if somebody else can just can just put their body on a scoring big, he can defend like the other four players. (laughs) So that's that's, (laughs) exactly. It's not that it's not that he's like doesn't like can't bang or doesn't want to bang or. Um, uh, although of course that's like a little bit of a part of it, but it's because he recognizes, um, how great he can be in the other areas. And because of the, the ridiculous, uh, dexterity that he has between his feet, um, all the way up to the top of his hands. So that's, that's just something that isn't discussed, I think, and recognized. And I totally support that's Pete, whether it's Rui or uh, we'll see how Christian Wood can do in that context that he hasn't been great. In that in the past, mm-hmm. a little bit thin in the in the in the yeah. legs and not re- kind of willing, not as stout or willing to battle. So that was part of what I was trying to get across in the Wood podcast is that he he doesn't do that, and I still want another player that can do that, so that we're not asking Rui Hachimura and LeBron James to do it. But that's uh, that's something I've already made clear. I just wanted to make my little AD point there, Darius, um, about the reasons that sometimes he also likes to be off the ball in terms of a post-type center. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll keep the discussion going. So this is where I certainly agree with wanting to put AD in other positions on the court defensively and not have to always be the guy who is banging with other dudes. Like, yeah, 100%. I don't necessarily think that the Lakers have the roster to say like, well, that's what we're going to do on a night to night basis, like and put Rui in the wood chipper and say like, hey, man, like go guard Steven Adams. Sure. Because AD doesn't want to or it's better. The alignment works in this way. Like it's just tricky, man. The other thing is, too, is that. One of the benefits of playing two big lineups is that you actually make the other big guard the guy who's not Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. And so when the Lakers played two big lineups and it was JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis, or it was Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, the other center pretty much had to guard JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard 
because there were functional ways that the Lakers would then just bludgeon you yeah. using that additional size. And they were so big that it was just like, oh, well, JaVale now for some reason has four offensive rebounds or Dwight Howard has four offensive rebounds. And now you're in the penalty because yep. you're like fouling these guys underneath the basket for no reason, just because you couldn't box them out. And now it's just like you're sending good free throw shooters to, to, to the line or LeBron is getting free points and AD is getting free points just because like your your defensive bigs are all on the bench because they it's like there was this domino effect yeah the tricky part is is like you could leverage ad defensively but offensively i still feel like he's going to get banged around a fair amount because those are the guys who are going to be on him yeah. just because you put Rui to defend steven adams steven adams is still going to go guard anthony davis like that's not going to change right and and, and so I'm still looking for solutions like Mike is looking for solutions in terms of like that, that other big. And I think Pete, it's one of the reasons why you were sort of asking for this other bruiser guy. But we opened the pod talking about there's 12 guys who have a viable argument to play. Well, let's make it 13. Mm. Right. Because it's just like, like, oh, well, we don't have this piece on the roster. Let's get that piece so that we have a piece forever. It's just like that's not how teams are built. And at that point, you're asking the coach to do a bit too much, in my opinion, by juggling lineups and all of these different things. At, at some point, the Lakers are basically just going to have, have to choose. And if I have to go back to Wood here for a second, this is where I do think Wood actually does slot in because at least he's done these things mm -hmm. over the course of his career. This dude's been a center. He's, he's basically played center the last several years. He, while we can talk about what his utility is defensively and what he does best and what he doesn't do. He at least understands the fact that this is like, okay, well I'm used to guarding these, these guys. What, guess what? When Dallas played Denver and he was matched up against Jokic, he was guarding Jokic and on and on down the line. And, and, and so I'm interested just to see like if the offensive utility is going to be super high, where does the defensive utility actually have to be? If everyone's actually trying on that end, because I do mm -hmm. think their floor, their defensive floor can be pretty high if everyone is just committed to doing their job. No, I think that's that last sentence especially is spot on. And I think that one place that would helps on the defensive end is just in defensive rebounding. We were, I've never seen a team win a team win a championship that was in as bad at transition defense as we were last year. And I've never seen a team win a championship that was as bad on the defensive boards as we were last year. I don't think this is something that we're going to be great at this year because Max is really our only perimeter guy who's a, a rebounder, not counting LeBron as a perimeter guy because he can still board. But I think we can, just if we can be okay in transition defense and okay uh, on the defensive glass, I think we'll be in good shape. And one of the things, Mike, that Darwin has had to wrestle with, I think, a little bit last year was if you were having to, if you were trying to solve your defensive rebounding problem, you are creating a, I can't shoot and space the floor on the other end problem on the other end. And that's one of, I think, the benefits of Wood is that he actually provides value in both aspects. And so that that's why, to me, like Wood is really going to shine in those two big lineups where it allows AD a certain degree of defensive versatility where, like you were saying, dude, he's done this job. He will block some shots, right? If you like there's ways to mitigate his defensive weaknesses where he can be solid on that end. And he's so helpful on offense, Mike, that 
I think he can allow AD to be more of that wing that he was during the 2020 year on offense where, and we did this more in the playoffs where it's like, go be in the corner. We're going to set a down screen for you. You're going to curl off of it. If you get the ball, maybe we run in an inverted ball screen where you're the ball handler and a guard who this time is going to be a pick and pop guy. Like if that's Gabe Vincent, he's going to set a good ass screen and then pop out to the exact right spot. And AD is either attacking going downhill or popping it out to a wide open Vincent. You know, like that. It, I think unlocking AD's versatility again is kind of at the heart and, and spirit of this whole conversation. And I think Wood does a lot to make that happen. I love those actions that get AD moving and get him at, a, at even a tiny advantage mm-hmm. going towards the hoop and th- where where he's like a number one option in that sense. But there are so many times with this roster and with LeBron and with D'Lo and with Austin where where he's not. And that's that's those are parts of the text thread that where especially Darius and I and, and you know, Pete, I think you're um, right there as well with just the do this more get like ad is the best player like the other team the other team doesn't have answers for this but how do you do that within the balance of everything else i um i'm thinking though that what as to the thing that you were just talking about though that i still don't know that's going to be that much improved is the transition d it's it's i don't want to keep repeating myself but that's the part with lebron and ad those they were the two biggest reasons why uh well at least i don't not every game but oftentimes they were not great and transition defense. Are we expecting that to change this year? Is D'Lo going to be tr- terrific in transition defense? Is Christian Wood? I do think Gabe Vincent will. Uh, my, that's one thing that Miami does uh, really well. So like Vincent coming in, Torian Prince should be good. I, but I, it's back to that. Like, what are we? Ex- why are we expecting stuff, something like that to be better this year? The answer is I think we have bigger players, right? Like one of the things that we'd get killed on in transition defense is it would be a two on one, but it'd be a two on one with like. Pat Bev is the guy back. Actually, Bev will break those up sometimes. He might be a bad example, but like playing bigger dudes, like when you have those transition situations, that's the domain of athletes, right? If you're bigger, faster, stronger, you're going to kill it in the open floor. And if the guy that's back defensively is a small, like that's that's a layup line, you know? And I think that just having bigger players and, and Mike... I'm not asking us for to be good on in transition defense. I'm asking for us to be better in transition defense. And I think that there are a number of ways in which even Darius within the context of uh, of LeBron and AD, say we're playing a too big lineup and it's Wood at the five in a lineup where he's not going to get burned at that. Well, that means AD's probably at a perimeter position, which means he's one of the first players back, whereas opposed to last year, he was the guy that was rolling to the rim. Like he's starting that transition possession closer to our defensive goal. And so like, if it's AD back on a two on one, you're you're taking a jump shot or you're getting your shot blocked. And so just like little changes like that don't require more effort from LeBron or AD or more gas to be expended, but just being able to play bigger guys, I think is going to help this out. Also too, like what is your approach offensively and what are your priorities offensively? And last season for most of the season, the team did have Russell Westbrook for most Mm -hmm. of the season. And this didn't necessarily improve after the Russ trade, so I don't want to put this on Russ, but the Lakers were a downhill team. Downhill, yeah. Russ played downhill all of the time, and the asks of Anthony Davis were to get downhill all of the time. And what did we talk about LeBron? Like, LeBron was still at his best at the basket, right? And post, we asked LeBron to post up a little bit more. That often leads to him trying to get into the paint. The Lakers offense was so paint focused that that often creates an imbalanced floor. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And so if your floor is not balanced and the other team is it's a part of their game plan to say this team isn't good in transition defense. And so it's like at the top of the scouting mm-hmm. report, right. like exploit this. this every single time, then it's compounding. Right. And so were the Lakers a good transition defense team? They weren't, but there were several factors that contributed to that. And this is one of the reasons why it's just like Kid Wood can help with this because he's not only a pick and roll option, but he's a pick and pop option. And so if your big is shooting threes at the top of the key, then he's not crashing the glass, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this is one of the reasons why I don't mind AD shooting above the break threes every once in a while. I didn't yep. mind him in 2020 picking and popping and even that shooting the long focus. two. It was like, hey, we need you to shoot three to five threes per game in part because it has that domino effect on defense where he's going to be one of the first dudes back. And not just from the corners either. Like, this mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why yeah. the Lakers were like um, – even in the season, they got Mark Gasol and they played a lot of like delay action sets where Mark was at the top top of the key and Mark was picking and popping and shooting threes as well. There's an emphasis on what are our goals and the Lakers were a let's bludgeon the like let's bludgeon the paint team, Mike. And they're still going to want to do that. But if the emphasis is get downhill, get downhill, attack the offensive glass, attack the offensive glass. Guess what? You're not going to be good. On transition defense, Mm -hmm. because like two or three guys, four guys sometimes are below the foul line. And now it's just like, well, the ball's popping out and the other team's looking to run. They're going to beat you, Mike. So you guys are just flowing right now on this concept of the way that you see the team. And and it's nice. Again, it's like uh, early inside the NBA, um, Kenny and Chuck just going back and forth. And and I'm trying like Shaq, like trying to understand uh, exactly where we're going with this. (laughs) Because I, I love the concept of so if you if AD isn't always in the paint and he's therefore more likely back, then the other team is almost never going to be at an advantage um, offensively, and and I right. love that and and that's that's great. But then there's also AD is so great around the rim, um, not just as a finisher. He's so great as an offensive rebounder. There's so many things that he does when he is getting downhill that make him a much better, more aggressive player as opposed to the guy that we saw a few years ago that's perfectly content to just kind of hang around the perimeter, take some jump shots, take a couple threes, but is is not putting pressure on the defense. So what's the balance there? And and could just kind of take me through if AD isn't activated offensively as much, and a lot of those actions we just talked about out of the corner, and he's going to be yep. on the perimeter, then how is the offense going to be as good? And how are teams not just going to be content to switch and be like, yep, go ahead. You guys keep shooting. Sure. Even though the shooting's a little better, like it's not the Warriors. So I think that just having a balance in the first place, like what Darius was describing is that like AD was doing this every time. It's not an argument that we don't want AD going to the rim. He's a monster going to the rim. I want, would love that, right? But there are going to be times in certain teams with certain personnel where it's like, yo, By doing this, we are leaving ourselves vulnerable to transition. And this is Minnesota, for example, and they've got Ant in the open court and McDaniels, right? And all these dudes that can really get out and burn you in that respect, that having the option to keep AD back, that is just a way to be like, okay, we're going to address this problem against this particular team in this shift, right? And we now have the personnel to be able to do that where AD doesn't have to carry the whole world on his shoulders. That said... He is still our biggest and strongest guy. 
And I think that like, I would love to have one guy that's stronger than we'll see. We'll see what we do, how this team works together. I see the vision though, for sure. And even though this team shooting wise, Mike might not be the Warriors. I think that there's going to be a lot of lineups where LeBron or AD are the worst or second worst three point shooter on the floor. And when we started last year, we were having these same conversations. It's like, LeBron might be the best best three-point shooter in this group or the second best guy. And so I think that that we have a degree of optionality that we can't can have that balance. Whereas last year it was out of balance. It was so overly skewed toward the paint. It's also why we led the league in free throw attempts, right? Yes. And uh it's and so there's benefits of it. And I think we did it about as well as we could, D, but that like this year I think that it can we have choices in ways that we didn't last year. Yeah, optionality is going to be important, Mike, and any swing of the pendulum too far in in any direction and it being held there is going to lead to a non-optimization, I think, of an offense when you have players who who are as diverse offensively as what the Lakers are. And this season, I'd like to see a bit more balance from the very best players that are on the team. AD was so good last season and he shot career high and field goal percentage and all this, this, that, and the other. And that's great. I would love though, if AD sacrificed some efficiency in order to better round out the offensive approach of the group, because he can be a part of the success from non paint areas in ways that might lower the floor of his offense individually, but will raise the ceiling of the overall group and that's what i'm looking for because he's too good of a player to say hey man just like pick and dive pick and dive pick and dive and then attack the offensive glass and go to the glass all all of the time i want a little bit more diversity in ad's game because he is that diverse of a player and with better floor balance i think the lakers can do so much more defensively while not compromising trips to the foul line yeah. or paint touches or anything else because ad and lebron are naturally going to get enough of those i think to satisfy um the overall needs of the team all right guys this was fun uh we will be back on monday everybody have a good weekend but until then you've been listening to the laker film room podcast we'll catch you next time James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the He's an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the score. move. Two, one, miss it. Bryant. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tap to Alvin Gentry.
add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.